Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Vibrant Church, let me hear from you. How you doing today? We're doing good. Man, it's a beautiful Sunday morning, and I just got to tell you, like, open up this thing and let you know I'm a little bit fired up today, okay? Is that all right? Is that okay? I just got to let you know on the front end, I'm just a little bit fired up today. Is that okay? You're going to go with me? You're going to go with me? I've got a lot to to tell you about and and a lot to celebrate, Um, but let me get the housekeeping stuff out of the way first. Well, uh, uh, let me introduce myself. Those of you that are our first-time guests, we want to give it up like crazy for you. Come on, Vibra, welcome. So glad that you're here. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I had the immense privilege of serving this church as lead pastor, and uh, we just want you to know that you are welcome here, and you are part of the family. If you're here, you're family. Olive Garden stole it from us. Come on, somebody, right? Uh, You are part of our family, and we're glad that you're here. Please make yourself at home. We want to give you the chance to do a few things. Uh, Number one is uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, and we put it out on social media, got some great response, but I want to give you this opportunity again today. Have you ever sat in church and been like, man, I wish I could tell that preacher what to preach about, right? Uh, We've all been there, right? We've all been there. I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going to give you that opportunity. In fact, if you want to pull your cell phones out right now, I'm going to give you a number that you can text with any subject that you want to talk about. This is completely anonymous. We don't get the numbers. We don't get any of that. Uh, you, do, we, you send that in. We get the subjects. And if you want to hear us preach about these things, uh, you give us the opportunity by telling us about it. We don't, here's the deal. Is for us as a church, we want to stay very connected to the things that are going on in your life, to the things that are going on in your life. And so uh, the way we do that is we're very interactive with you. We want to know what's going on, what you care about. And uh, so here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to give you a number. And I want you to text in things that you would like to hear us talk about, okay? I don't care how controversial it might be. Uh, the only thing that we stay away from is politics. Come on, somebody. We just stay away from it. Uh, just, I'm not going to get into it, okay? You can vote red, blue, purple. I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Uh, but I, I'm just going to stay away from that. But anything else you want to talk about, let's do it. I'm going to give you a number right here. It's going to be 832-558-8452. Once again, I give it to you. It's 832 832- Five five eight eight four five two. Okay, so you can text into that number. Um, please don't call it. You know, they will sign you up for like car insurance stuff in China or something. I don't know. Uh, but just uh, send a text in or what you want to hear us preach about in uh, the month of March. And we're going to do a series called tw- Questions. Uh, questions, and it's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. Um, one thing that I wanted to do last week that I didn't write it down. And if it doesn't, I don't write it down. It doesn't happen. Uh, but I completely forgot uh, to recognize uh, Vibrant's brand newest member. Come on now. In fact, um, would you mind to stand, Danielle? And I hope I, I'm going to say her name right, but it's Adeline May Charbonnet, right? Come on now. Look at that. Two weeks old today in church. That's awesome. We love Danielle and Dustin, and Dustin's out playing with polar bears, but uh, Danielle's here today. Uh, we're, we're so glad about that. We love you guys. Love you very much. And uh, I, so I do want to tell you really quickly about one thing that, um, that you had the opportunity to invest in, okay? So we are very transparent. 
about finances in this church, okay? If you're new to this church, we're very transparent about where the finances of this church goes. In fact, 10% of everything, at least 10% of everything that comes in goes out to uh, local, national, and foreign missions, okay? We support a, a foreign missionary in Lithuania that has launched a life-giving church, and uh, we support them monthly, and we support giving, launching uh, life-giving churches all over around the nation and really all around the world, okay? And in fact, there's five more life-giving churches being launched right now, okay, that we were able to be a part of financially. Uh, that's, that's amazing, right? Praise God, all right? That's awesome. But locally, our missions operative that we've chosen to take on, take on is all of our teachers. We believe in teachers, okay? For me, as a, as a student pastor for many, many years, I worked in schools, I worked with teachers, and I just know teachers are underappreciated, undervalued, and underloved, to be honest, by community members, because we, we only really connect with the teachers and, you know, if something's wrong or our kids are crazy, right? I mean, those of you who have really good relationships with your teachers, you might put it together, right? Um, uh, no, but... Our teachers are underloved and underappreciated. So what we wanted to do is take our local missions funds. And what we've done is we're partnering with every school in Conroe ISD. And we're coming in and we're surprising the staff with Chick-fil-A breakfast. Every one of them. So what we've done is, Allison, where are you at? Allison Walker, are you in? Are you, she's over here. Okay, Allison, stand up. Stand up, girl. You got to stand up. Stand up. Allison. <clears throat> She is coordinating all of these efforts going with these schools. And in the last two weeks, we have been able to serve three schools, come in and surprise them with Chick-fil-A breakfast. And uh, y'all, I wish you could see, we're going to get a video of it at some point. I'm going to get Kayla, we'll, we'll do some video of it at some point. But you just think about these teachers. They come in on a Tuesday or a Monday or a Friday or whatever, and the week's tough, and their kids are crazy, and their kids are crazy, and then your kids are crazy, and then, you know, I'm just kidding. Your kids are angels. It's great. Uh, but they come in and they're so beat down and they're tired. And they come in and we surprise them with Chick-fil-A chicken biscuits that are shaped like a heart right now. And, uh, and, and, uh, and some coffee and some orange juice. And these teachers come in and they hug us and they say, you have no idea what this means to us. And it encourages them and lifts them up. I just want to thank you for giving to our teachers. I just want to thank you. Give it up for yourself. That's awesome. It's awesome, awesome stuff. We're in a series right now called, it's great. All right, we got a crowd participation today. That's what I'm talking about. Uncommon, and last week in Uncommon, we talked about this concept of relationships being built like a building, right? Relationships being built like a building. But for the building to be healthy, the foundation must first be strong, right? The foundation must first be strong, and that foundation of healthy relationships is love. It's love. Look at your neighbor and tell them love. Loving, loving, loving. We are only able to give true love because God has first shown us love, right? That's the only reason for us personally, we are completely incapable of giving true love, but the only reason we're able to do that is because God has shown us first how to love, right? Uh, right? Because he loved us, he gave. Right? He, because he loved us, he gave. For God so loved the world, he gave us his only begotten son. So today we're going to expand on this thought of uncommon relationships. And this entire thesis of this series is that rela healthy relationships are possible, but not probable. Okay? Especially when you look in the context of our culture. Chances are, if you do it the world's way, your relationships will not be healthy. Chances are. Right? 
In other words, relationships require work and effort on our part to cause them to be what God called them to be. They require work and effort. Uh, Romans 12 and 2, which is kind of our theme verse of this entire series. Last week, I read it out of the the message and it offended some of y'all, so I'm going to go back to the New Living Translation. I'm just kidding. It didn't, uh, except for one person, and then they don't come here. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm messing. I'm messing. Uh, Romans 12 and 2, New Living Translation. And uh, it says this, don't copy the behavior and the customs. Everybody say customs. That's really, really big of this world. Our culture will paint customs using whatever manner it may be, whether it's a TV show, social media, a movie, music. And honestly, just to be honest with you, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't. On TV alone, 91% of sexual encounters are outside of marriage. 91%. They are branding us with an idea that does not work. They're branding us with an idea that does not work. In fact, uh, let me give you some more statistics. 11 years old is the average age where a child is first exposed to pornography. And 94% of children will see porn by the age of 14. No, oh, Pastor Michael, that's just outside the church. We don't deal with that in the church. Let me give you this statistic. 68% of church-going men view pornography on a regular basis. Of young Christian adults, 18 to 24, 76% actively search for pornography. 33% of women aged 25 and under search porn at least once a month. And 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic websites. Now, the truth is I look at those statistics and I understand that that probably includes some people in this room today. And we're not going to have anybody raise hands. We're not going to do that. We don't, we don't do that. Okay? We're not going to do that. All right? But here's the deal. I don't come at you as your pastor, as a voice of condemnation. But I come at you with a life-giving voice as your pastor telling you, we can do better. Healthy relationships are not probable in our culture. Why? Because these are the statistics that they tell us to live by. When you listen to even talk radio, pornography is referenced all the time. When you listen, you watch shows, pornography is is referenced all the time. And if we follow the world's customs, we will have the relationships of those customs. Right? So I'm coming to you as your pastor with a life-giving voice telling you, Healthy relationships are not probable, but they are possible. But we've got to change our mindset. And that's the second half of this verse because their customs will destroy your life. But the next line says this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God wants to transform you transform. God never tells you to not do something without desiring to change you from the inside out and give you different desires. God is not a no God. God is a God of transformation. He gives you the ability to change. That's why God is not a God to be understood. He is a God to be experienced. 
That's why we sing songs like this is a move because we want God to move in us and move on us and change our lives and change our relationships. We want God to do that. He wants to make you brand new. And here's the thing, I can't do that. I'm not God. I'm connected to God, but I am not God. And, and, but what I do want to do is bring you a different way of thinking of it that challenges you to transform your mind and think in an uncommon way. Think about relationships in an uncommon way. As idealistic as this sounds, God wants your marriage to be good, pleasing, and perfect. I know it sounds idealistic. Everything relationally in your life can be good, pleasing, and perfect if you follow the pattern that God has already given us. Your coworkers, God wants that relationship to be good, pleasing, and perfect. Your crazy Uncle Eddie, we established that last week. Go listen to the podcast. God wants that relationship to be good, pleasing, and perfect. But the only way that will happen is if you follow the plan that's already been laid out. If you follow the plan, in fact, let's talk about this. The world's way in dating relationships goes like this. Number one, it says, find the right person. Find the right person. You go on this hunt for this person that's going to complete you, right? Like it's that last puzzle piece or that last Lego, right? It's that last piece. You're looking for that person that completes you, and then you find that you're like, oh, my God, you're my soulmate. You're my forever. Complete me, right? You're the the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, what happens next is that you fall in love. You fall in love. You know, people talk about falling in love like they've fallen in a pothole, right? I mean, I was just driving. It's like, boom, fell in it. I fell in it. I fell in love. No, it's not like that. It's not like just you're going along and bam, love hits you. It's not it. Cupid is not real. I don't know. I, I didn't want to spoil Valentine's Day for anybody. That's not real. Like, you're not coming around shooting arrows and whatnot. You fall in love. That's the world's way. And then third, you fix all of your, this is so good. You fix all of your hopes and your dreams on them. We put all of the pressure for our destiny on a fallible man or a fallible woman. They're our soulmate. They're supposed to complete us. They're supposed to do everything for us. But then when they fall, we set ourselves up for failure because that person will fail you. And when it happens, it leads us to number four, repeat steps one through three. That's the picture of relationships, the the world's way, the culture of the world's way. We are not proponents of the world's way of dating and relationships. It's that you find someone you like and, and you, you live like you're married, but then you're not really married. And, but you always give yourself a way out because that's my option. Too many people have done this so many times that it's not surprising that when they want, that when they want to walk away from marriage when things arise in their marriage because they always had an option. They always had an option. It's a learned behavior. It's very important for you know, to know the world's way of following your flesh into a relationship of lust is a great big lie. It is. And it's ruining millions of people from the inside out. In fact, one of my family members is a, a marriage and family counselor, and she sees this all of the time. In fact, she said, 
one of the major reasons for anxiety and depression in our country is this very thing. People put their hopes and their dreams in the wrong things. They put their hopes and dreams in the people that will fail them. It's true. But then when they fail them, they run to something else, whether it's their job or another relationship or porn or money, and then those things never fulfill them, and they just can't figure out how to get off of the wheel. See, let me tell you about God's way in relationships. You want to hear about that? God's way. Number one, become the right person. Become. I mean, I wish y'all had amen me today. I want to make sure y'all awake. Make sure y'all awake. Let God do the work inside of you. Here's the deal. Expect to bring something to a relationship. Don't expect the relationship to bring something to you. Pray that you would be the best husband before you are one. Pray that you would be the best dad before you ever have kids. Pray that you will be the best coworker for the job you don't have yet. Pray that you would be the best friend for the person that you haven't met yet. Pray that. Number two, walk in love. Not fall in it. Walk in love. Avoid those potholes. Here's what it means is that love is not a feeling. It's a choice. It is a choice. It's not how you feel. It's what you do. In fact, Colossians says to put on love. You put it on. It's something that you do on purpose. It's not falling on you. You put it on. It's an act of will, not your feelings. You do it on purpose. You do it on purpose. Number three, you fix all of your hopes and dreams on God. Where is your hope today? If your hope is on the person sitting next to you, it doesn't matter how strong your marriage is, it won't work. Won't. They're not God. They're fallible. I know that some of you right now at Valentine's Week, you're like, my wife is perfect. I'm telling you. We're all fallible. Every one of us. We all got, I say it this way, people have issues and I'm a people. Right? Every one of us. We've got to fix our hopes and dreams on God. Number four, if failure occurs, repeat steps one, two, and three. Today, I want to talk to you about uncommon commitment. And I don't know about you, but growing up, my dad saved everything. Did you, any of y'all had parents like that? In fact, my dad, he used to drink Folgers coffee, and he wouldn't get, like, they didn't have K-cups back then. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but they didn't have K-cups. My dad would get this tin can of Folgers coffee, right? And he would do the coffee thing, and, and he would make his coffee. Well, one time, I remember as a kid, my dad had the can, and it was empty, and it was sitting on the counter. And I grabbed the can, and I put it in the trash can because I was trying to be a good son, trying to clean up, right? I'm trying to be nice, all right? Well, my dad says, hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, Dad, I'm trying to clean up, trying to do it. He was like, no, I'm going to use that for the bacon grease. Now, the three of y'all that laugh know what I'm talking about. The rest of y'all are really grossed out. That's where I was. I was really grossed out. My dad wanted to keep everything for everything, right? Everything for everything. More, most relationships fail because of a lack of commitment. A lack of commitment. It blows my mind how many people consider relationships as disposable. As disposable. The Bible is based off of a covenant. And in 2020, we all like options. 
Let's be real. We all like options in 2020. In fact, if you haven't noticed, uh, we put out more chairs. We have 195 chairs in this building and look around. We're starting to fill up right here. So myself and, and, our, and our lead team and our board and our trustees and our overseers, we're starting to look at options and we're looking at the possibility of blowing this wall out. And if that, you know, if we don't want to do that, we're looking at a possibility of a, a buying a property or, or, you know, multiple services. We're looking at so many options. And here's the thing is that you'd be amazed at the amount of paperwork that can pile up on a desk for options. You'd be amazed at the amount of paperwork that could come up. I mean, architect plans and, and a lease amounts. And, hey, well, if you do this, I'll do this. And if you don't do this, I won't do this. And y'all go get kicked out of here. Come on. And, and you know, there, it's amazing the amount of paperwork that can do that. It's, it's, here's the deal. This, it goes back to a word that we don't like in our culture. Okay, and I'm going to read a scripture. I'm going to tell you what this word is. Hebrews 13 and 5, it says, For he, God himself, I will not in any way fail you, nor forgive you, nor leave you uh, without support. I will not, I will not, and I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. The New Living Translation says, my, For my God said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you. God has an unwavering commitment to us. We don't like those words, unwavering commitments, because we like our options more than we like the commitment. We weigh them out, and we decide that we like the options more than the commitment. God wants to bring you to a place in your relationships where you strengthen them by making the most of that kind of commitment, unwavering commitment. I don't think that you can be as strong as you can until you go to that place. In fact, for those of you that are married, I just want to tell you today, you need to take some things off the, off the table in your relationship. You need to take some options off the table in your relationship. If you've had them on the table in the past, take them off. Take them off of the table. We live in a culture of prenups when we should be striving to be a culture of unwavering commitment to each other. It's just the truth. Malachi uh, chapter 2, verses uh, 13 through 16. This is so good. This is the NIV. It says, another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. Anybody been there before? You weep and you wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings and accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why? Why, God, can I not find favor in my life? Why, God, can I not um, find purpose and destiny? And why, God, are you not blessing me on my job? Why all this? God, this is so good. He says, it is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. Your favor is tied to your commitment. The favor of your life, the financial blessing of your life, the joy of your life is tied to your commitment to the woman or the man that you married. Even in their failure, check this out. The man who hates 
and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one that he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. What that means is even when life is rough and situations are issues and it's time for us to weep, it's time for us to recommit. Even when it's a struggle, even when I don't like them, even when, come on somebody, am I the only one? Even when they don't like me, it is time to recommit. Recommit and go all in. What does this mean? Relationships require work. You better put your work clothes on. Don't come out in your best shoes and expect to dig a ditch. You better go put some work clothes on. You've got to put some work clothes on. We must be willing to be unhappy for a moment while we work out what is wrong in our relationships for the sake of uncommon commitment. You've got to be willing to stick it out for the purpose of uncommon commitment. Now, what I'm not saying here is to stay in an abusive relationship or in a relationship where you're being taken advantage of. I am not saying that. But what I'm saying is both of you are on the same trajectory, headed to please God with your relationships. You've got to buy in to commitment. You've got to be willing. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood and the feeling that you said it in leaves you. I've done so many weddings in my life where the people decided to do their own vows. And every time they tell me that, I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right. If I've done any of y'all's weddings and you did your own vows, I'm sorry. But they show up to the altar and they always got this old paper, right? They always got to, hang on, let me get this paper out of my pocket, you know, and get this paper. And then they start reading off these like unimaginable things. Like, you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And you, I, the moment I saw you riding on a unicorn floating in from the clouds, I knew that you were the one God put a neon sign over your head and I will cherish you until the day I die. And it doesn't matter what at what, what happens from now until death does us, do, do us part, I will cherish you forever just like I did the moment I saw you on the unicorn. And you know, I did their wedding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Here's the deal. I want to, what I want to do is start asking people in premarital counseling, Till death do us part is great, but is there really anything else that is on your list that would separate you? Say it right now outside of the feelings. Because although at the altar it's really sweet and it's really cool and y'all get to go and have sex later and it's awesome. I mean, am I being real? I mean, can we be real? It's okay, it's a church. Sex is in the Bible. I don't know if y'all know that. It's, it's in the Bible. It's okay. But when we get beyond that, there's going to be terrible days. Like the other night, we brought our kids home, Carmen and I, and they were both screaming at like 150 decibels, and we put them in the bath, and like Miles is hitting Ethan, and Ethan's hitting Miles, and like Ethan's screaming because he wants me to put water in a cup for his water spiders so they can breathe. I don't even understand what's happening. Karma's not in here, but I'm telling the absolute God's honest truth. We just literally looked at each other and we laughed out loud. We're like, I don't know what to do. 
But we got our kids in bed, and we're in bed, and we're just like, oh, my God, we survived. We made it. We survived. Come on, somebody. We made it. There are going to be days like that, but you've got to have commitment beyond the days. You've got to have commitment beyond the days, and it's not shaped like a unicorn. It's shaped like work. It's shaped like work. I'm not trying to get you to endure a bad marriage just because. I'm trying to get you to connect with the staying power of grace where the quality of your marriage can improve and you can make your marriage great again. And you don't even need a goofy hat for it. You can make your marriage great again. You can do it. I'm telling you, no politician, no counselor, no friend, no ex-boyfriend can do that for you. Some of y'all need to get up off of the Facebook and stop looking up your ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends while you're married. Stop, sending, stop getting in the DMs of people you're not committed to, that you're not spiritually connected to. Get out of that mess. It's a trap. It is a trap. Some of y'all need to stay off of Snapchat. I'm I'm just being real right now. Some of you struggle with those temptations, and when you keep going back to those wells, you will keep digging up those water, that water of that well, and you'll keep drinking. You got to get away from that well. Well, all my friends on Snapchat, if that's causing you temptation, I'd much rather have my friend relationships in person and stay away from that well that's going to lead me to death. My dad growing up, my dad flew in the Air Force. Anybody in the Air Force ever in their life? No? Okay, that's cool. They're not as popular as like Marines and Army and whatnot. That's cool. They just drop bombs and stuff, whatever. Uh, no, just kidding. My dad flew, flew in the Air Force, and in fact, my dad got to do all kinds of stuff. He, he played football for the Air Force and um, ended up getting a reprieve and, and play. I know you're looking at me, you're like, my, your dad played football? Like, I know, I got my mom's jeans. It's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but my dad actually got to fly on Air Force One uh, with Reagan. He got to serve in that capacity. And uh, so we've got all kinds of cool, like, trinkets and stuff of where my dad was flying with Air Force One. I got a picture of him with a beast mustache. I mean, it was great. It was awesome. Um, it was great. I can never grow in like that. Mom jeans. Uh, but... <clears throat> But so my dad would always give us useless information about airplanes, and uh, I, it was great. Uh, but so after my dad retired, he started, uh, he was a civilian contractor, and he served in a flight simulator, and he would teach people how to fly uh, these B-52 planes. And what would happen is people would come in, uh, there were B-52 pilots that would come in, there would be astronauts that would come in and learn how to fly these planes. Uh, and at one time, uh, they had uh, F-16 pilots come in, and they would they were teaching them uh, different flight rules, and it was really cool. It's this whole simulator. It's on hydraulics. It's really amazing. It's not like a video game or whatever. It's like a real airplane. It's cool. Uh, but my dad started, uh, you know, he would do this, and I learned this fact recently about these F-16s, uh, these Blue Angels. Anybody seen Blue Angels at an uh, air show, right? You've seen them? And you always see them in this formation, right? And there's this commitment, right? Commitment to this formation, and you ask them, if you ask one of them and say, how do you stay in this formation? Like, what's the thing that keeps you focused? He said, uh, th- this, this pilot replied, he said, I stay focused on one point on the lead plane, and that is the only thing that I'm looking at. Literally, I don't look at the clouds, I don't look at the ground, I don't look at the plane next to me. The only thing that I look at is that one focus point, and I stay aligned with that one focus point the entire time. 
Now, what you don't know is that one time, literally, they're so focused on this that people were, the, the, the F-16s were so focused in on this one point that they were flying, and the lead plane actually lost control of his plane and flew into the ocean, and all of them flew into the ocean. All of them did. All of them did. They were so committed to that lead plane, they were so committed to that one point that the circumstance didn't affect their route. I want you to catch that again. They were so committed to the point on that one airplane that that their circumstance, where they were, did not affect their route. It didn't affect anything that they were doing. Here's the deal is we've got to be willing to ignore any other circumstances in our life and stay focused on the point. Stay committed to the other lead plane, which is my wife. I've got to stay committed to the lead plane. I've got to stay committed. Here's the deal is these F-16s, these, these blue they never fly like that, at, like for real, okay? They never, unless they're in an air show, or if they're in another country and they're flying and they're in a storm. That's the only time that they ever fly like that. When they're in a storm in another country. Are you willing to ignore everything else for the cause of commitment? Are you willing to work on and stay committed to the point of the lead plane for the cause of uncommon commitment? What if we did that in our important relationships? You need uncommon commitment when you don't feel like it. When you turn the plane and it looks like it might be hitting about to hit the ground, I'm going to stay on that point. I'm going to stay on that point of uncommon commitment. But Michael, I can't do it. I don't know how. I've got mistrust. I've got I, I, I've unforgiveness in my heart. I'm telling, that you, I'm telling you, you can do it. And I'm going to use a scripture that we've quoted many other times, but we do it for things that are opposite of this, okay? It's Philippians 4 and 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. We love to quote that scripture when it comes to football. Come on, somebody. We love to quote that scripture when it comes to getting that job promotion. But when it comes to our relationships, we like to give up and explore our options. See, Christianity is not learned behavior. Our God is not a God to be understood, but he is a God to be experience. See, this thing is not about saying, oh, I'll try harder this week. It's about saying, God, I need you to transform my mind so you can change me into the man, into the husband, into the dad that you want me to be so I can pursue the calling and the destiny and the purpose that you have for me. Some of you need to stop trying and start committing. Stop trying and start committing back to the lean pl- the lead plane, which is Jesus and the person that you committed to all your life. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a really practical here to close out this message. Really practical. I want you to say this: He did, so I can. He did, so I can. I'm gonna give you five things that you can do to create uncommon commitment in your relationships. I don't care if they're dating relationships, if they're marriage relationships, their friendships, their, uh, you know, their coworkers, whatever they are, okay? Number one, I commit to prioritizing. I, I commit to prioritize you. 
Here's the deal is to be honest with you, be very transparent. Carmen and I struggle the most when work comes before her. And to be honest, that's a struggle for me because I'm a very driven individual. I like to work long hours. I like to put in my work. I like to drive beyond what I thought I could even do. I will be in the room with more talented people than me, but I will never be in the room with somebody that will outwork me at what I do. And I've had to repent to her for that. But the truth is, just to be honest with you, if it's between y'all and her, she's going to win. Because my calling first is to her and then to you. And I love you and I want to serve your family. And, I, and I, it's very important for me to stay healthy. But my calling first is to that woman in the back. So when I get a little bit out of balance, she has to correct me because my plane is starting to separate. I commit to prioritize you. 1 John 3 and 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Number two, I commit to pursue you. This one is super important. It's super important. You know, in the dating times, we used to pursue the fire out of each other, right? Like the date, it didn't matter how much it cost. It didn't matter what it was. If she wanted it, it was going to happen, right? It was just that. Then we got married. Then we had kids. Then we've been married 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And now there's no pursuit. Some of you in this service today need to make a choice to get back to pursuing your wife or your husband. You need to get back. Don't wait for the feeling of pursuit to pursue. That's the world's way. Till it feels good to pursue. If, it, if you wait till it feels good to pursue, that's too late. You've got to decide today, I will pursue. And it's a pretty good week to do that. Come on. I mean, I'm not real good with numbers, but I think it's this week, okay? Somebody knows. Hey, Some of you in this service feel like God is pursuing you. And you've been stiff-arming him. And you've been saying, God, not now. It's not that time in my life yet. But God keeps drawing you. And you keep ending up in a place like this where God is speaking to you, but you've just got to be willing to listen when he pursues you. In fact, he's standing at the door knocking, waiting on you to just open it. We find this in Revelation 3 and 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. Number three, I commit to possess you. Now, this one's a little different. I know those word, that verbiage there could get. Let me explain it. He's committed to a sense of belonging. God is committed to a sense of belonging. You are more than just a pet project for God. You are a son of or a daughter that he considers his very own. Second, First Peter 2 and 9 says, you are a chosen people, you are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. You know, sometimes it's important to tell your husband or wife, I belong to you, I'm yours, babe. To vocalize it. To vocalize it, talk it out. Hey, I love you. What are your passions? my passion is your passion. 
Number four, I will commit to protect you. There's always going to be that day, right? The day where there's storms, the stormy day. And the truth is, most of our storms are self-manufactured. But there are many days that where we are attacked. And the Lord said in Psalm 121, 7, said, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. It is my calling as a man and as a husband to protect that woman and to protect my children. It is my calling as a man and as a husband. But Christ died on the cross to protect you and I. To pay a price for something that he didn't have to pay. And he did it while we were still sinners. Number five, I commit to purify you. What does this even mean? It means that I know you're going to blow it because you're fallible. You're a person. But I'm going to give you a way out. The Bible says that he delights to show us mercy in Micah 7. He delights to show us mercy. When I blow it, God's like, yep, he needs me. It's my time. God steps in. Here's the deal. is uncommon commitment says this. Carmen, I love you, babe, but I know I'm going to blow it. But the greatest thing that I know about my relationship is that even when I blow it, she's going to be there. She's going to be there for me. And she's going to come alongside of me. She's going to put her arms around me, and I'll feel safe. Some of you need to get back to maybe, maybe one of or both of you have blown it, and you kind of started to give up on it. Maybe you've, you've kind of you've drifted away and you started to think, well, maybe this is not going to work. Maybe this is not how it's going to play out. Maybe my fairy tale wasn't real. Today I want to give you a story of some people that live out God's restoration, that live out what I'm preaching today. Please direct your attention to the screens. We separated the first time after nine years. That's right. Yeah, for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah go. Hi, my name's Tracy. I'm Teresa. We're the Duns. Hey. Yeah, I was living in my car. Yeah. The day that literally, I think we'd known each other maybe eight hours. And I was like, okay, cool. I needed a place to stay. Started off just friends. Yeah. For how many years? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. One of the reasons we split up the first time is because I was working all the time. Uh, I was traveling to South America for weeks at a time. And, you know, she had young kids at the house. And we had just just had another one um, right when I was really traveling a lot. And I think it was a lot of stress on the relationship. Throughout those times we were separated where we never became enemies or anything like that, trying to stay friends. Then I got transferred here to Houston uh, from St. Louis and um, I didn't have to travel as much, but um, I was still working all the time. And so we kind of grew apart again. And that's when we ended up splitting up like the second time. Yeah. Five months after we moved here. Yeah. So I just wanted to be gone and not have to deal with being a mom being you know it was just stress all the time I it was selfishness and a lot of it was me and in going through our divorce 
Um, I can honestly say that, you know, I made a big mistakes, huge ones that But, <laughs> like God, he gives us second chances. And he definitely gave Tracy the ability to forgive me for infidelity, for things that you feel like you can never be forgiven of. And, but through that grace, and we were able to rebuild and on that foundation of friendship. But this time, you know, it was Jesus. I, all the churches we went to before, I, I never felt real comfortable. No. And I, I I never really committed to it. Um, and, you know, she always wanted that. And I was always searching for that, you know. So when you know, she came across... Uh, vibrant, vibrant on Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah, it was bright orange. Orange is my favorite color. Yeah, it totally was. But it just spoke, you know, I don't know what it was. Michael just spoke to me when I watched the video. And I was like, this is, this is something. This is, I need to, I need to reach out. I need to say something. I don't know. I mean, the spirit totally spoke to me. And I told him about it. I was like, hey, we're going to go have coffee with this pastor. He's starting a church. I'm like, you never know. And he was like, and he said yes. And I was completely shocked. I talked to my mom about it for a minute because, you know, and just telling her what I was going to do. And she, she was like, you've already been baptized. I'm like, no, I, no, I wasn't. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, got, I was christened, you know, with a little sprinkle of water on my head when I was a baby. I don't remember anything about it. I felt the calling just to, to, to get baptized. But he said, oh, we're having baptisms. You know, first ones, I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to go do it. So it was, it was kind of a, a shock to, to me, too. I didn't realize I would have that feeling come over me. Very cool. <laughs> us getting back together was totally God. It was not, it was not us because I can tell you five months before, I would have said, there is no way. He's my best friend, but we are not getting back together. This is just, he's, we're always going to be friends and that's the way it is. But God had a totally different plan. <laughs> um, the most crazy experience going through like falling in love all over again and and but it's different because Jesus is at the center would you stand across the room today you know it was prophesied a year ago, near about this time, Carmen and I were in Austin, and we were at a church, and this man that we didn't even know is a pastoral voice in that church's life. He came up and he prophesied over us that this church would be a church of hope and healing. We didn't understand it. We didn't know it, but I do know that now we're seeing it come to pass. And it has nothing to do with us or how special we are, but it's all about God's favor and all about what God wants to do in this community, in this city, in this church. And so what I want to tell you today is that Mama T and Tracy has, had they have a remarkable story of hope and of healing. But I want to tell you that that story is not too far off. You can have that kind of hope and healing right now. You don't have to be separated twice and go get you know, divorced and back together. You don't have to do that. That's their story. 
But today, as your marriage is right now, you can find that healing. Some of you are single and you're, you're looking for hope. You're looking for something to grab onto. You're looking for, for, you're really, you're looking for God. But you don't realize it. You're looking for God. And I'm telling you that he's here. And all you've got to be willing to do is step out and, 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 and accept his love into your life and accept his unwavering commitment to you in your salvation. So here's what I want to do. Maybe that everywhere across the room, I want everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads. And if this is your first time and, and you, want to, you want to commit to Jesus, or maybe you want to recommit your life to Jesus right now, understanding that he's pulling on you, that he's, he's gravitating towards you, he's drawing you back in. I wish that you would pray this with me. Jesus, I love you. My life is not perfect. I know that I'm fallible. I'm full of sin. I'm full of issues. But today, I recognize that your grace is greater than my issues. You died on the cross for me, for my sin, for my pain, for me being unhealthy. Today, I accept your love. I accept your healing. I accept your hope. And I accept your, your salvation on me. I believe in you. And I turn my life over to you as my Lord, my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray.